We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to the morning grind, Rotor Grinders. Uh, it's not Stevie. You're, you guys are still stuck with Dean. Uh, of course, Stevie is uh, busy doing his NASCAR content. That said, we are going to continue our series of our, our DFS personality showcase. And I am super, super excited to bring in our next person. And it's funny because a couple of people said to me, like, why has Cheese not done this? Oh, spoiler alert, it's Dave Potts. It's Cheese. We'll talk to him in a second. But yeah, I was like, I didn't want to like go to him right away. And there's no sort of like, I'm not playing favorites. And I also, uh, as I said to him before the show, like, I didn't want to blow it. I want to get better at this because Dave, geez, you deserve the best possible interview that we can do. And uh, if this is bad, just know the other ones are distinctly worse. What's up, Dave? Thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to know that. As long as the others are worse, I don't care if mine is bad. That's how <laughs> I feel t- about my DFS lineups. <laughs> mine can be as bad as they want to be as long as someone else's is worse. It's a good general life philosophy, I suppose. Uh, we've interviewed so many people so far. If you guys want to check out the, the YouTube channel, they're all on there. Most of them are on there. They're also, of course, in the podcast feed as well. Uh, Blender, STL Cards, Kevin Roth, uh, Fast Eddie Fear, uh, Rusty Nuts, that's a person. Head Chopper, Andy Means. You know Andy pretty well. Uh, I do. EMAC. Remember once upon a time you guys had the EMAC and Cheese show for like that, a week or two? That was like the, the intro for that was classic. <laughs> was that Devin's work? I don't know. Like maybe Devin or Simon, one of those two. I think it was somebody else. Oh, um, not that Devin couldn't do it. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how, you know, you're a two time winning, you know, millionaire winner and one of the best baseball minds in the world. Uh, but I mean, I think this takes precedent. The news just broke before the show. Uh, Carol Baskin is now on cameo. And I mentioned this to you pre-show and you were like, I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> which is fabulous. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know what Carol, who Carol Baskin is. Okay. I don't know what 
Carol Baskin is on Cameo. It has to do with me and you talking about whatever we're talking about. Um, but really this is wonderful. <laughs> Cameo is a service where you can basically hire a uh, subjectively D-list or C-list celebrity basically to give like a shout out to your friend and say like, hey, happy birthday to my friend so-and-so. He's a big fan of Tiger King and you're innocent. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, basically like you can hire a celebrity to sort of give you like a shout out to your friend. And, uh, really? Yeah. It's a great this service. Is fantastic. Am I yeah. available on there to do cameos for people? Well, I mean, I'm not kidding. You're at the level, if not higher than the level than some of the people on there. The like that's something thing. that just hearing about this for the first time, we, we could probably do this. Uh, yeah. We should have a DFS cameo thing, uh, whatever the <laughs> thing, however the thing works. Um, I would love to say like, you know, happy, Arbor Day to, you know, your friend or, hey, it's the 17th of June, your favorite day or, you know, just happy Wednesday. Yeah. And some people do it for like charity, like uh, some of the celebrities do it for charity. And the amazing thing about Cameo is like, it's so incredible, like what some celebrities are asking for versus what some other celebrities are asking for. It's, it's, it's not, it's a fun game to play because it's really hard to predict. Uh, side note, we did uh, do one of these for uh, Travis Van Gogh and myself and Grant. It was like a losing uh, he lost a bet on a podcast from last year. We had Chris Hansen give him a shout out. Yeah, I'm sure you, I'm not sure oh, you, I you can imagine Hansen. where yeah. that went. <laughs> now, <laughs> what, what, like, are you paying these people to do it? Like, so I, I don't understand. The whole concept uh, is, is brand new to me and I love it already. I, I would probably do it for like, you know, we you, paid owe, you owe me an ice cream in the future. <laughs> we paid Chris Hansen like 50 bucks to give uh, Van Gogh a shout out essentially. Uh, and th- depending on the celebrity, depending on the celebrity stature. And, and again, some of these celebrities, uh, do it for charity. Um, you know, flavor Flav, 250 bucks. You like flavor Flav? You can have him give you a shout out for $250. <laughs> That's a steal at any price, really. <laughs> I don't know why this is where I'm starting. Jeez, how rude of me. What a great interview. I'm glad that you got the, you know, the bad ones out of the way with other people. <laughs> you should hear the previous conversations we've had. <laughs> Uh, of course, Dave Potts, you're in the two-time Millionaire Club in DFS, which is a very exclusive club. I don't know. Imagine uh, that's like two or three people. I know Geo recently did it. And... There's, I think there's four or five now, maybe. Okay. Um, I don't, we haven't met in a while, but um, it's fun. It's fun when we get together. It's like the Five Jacket Club at the SNL. Is that kind of basically how you Something guys? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so baseball, I presume baseball and music, those are your two loves as a child. Has that uh, always been something in your life? Yeah, I mean, it was really uh, music kind of first, and then just sort of all sports. Uh, baseball, I was actually more of a baseball card collecting fan than a baseball oh. fan as a kid. Like, um, my brother and I collected cards, uh, mostly in the 80s, and that's kind of how I – so I liked – I collected cards before I probably ever watched a baseball game. Uh, but then we would go, um, like, early 80s, Denver. I lived in Denver, and they had a – team called the Denver Bears, uh, minor league team for the Expos. Um, so I remember going to games there and then I played little league baseball and all that, but, um, what are really the ex- a, Expos? What are the Expos? Um, I do not know. It, it's, I believe we're <laughs> recording this on Canada day. Um, so, <laughs> Shout know, out happy, Canada. happy one of those to whoever cares about that. Um, you know, sports cards yeah. are making a comeback now. I mean, we're, I'm actually hosting. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I know. Yeah. I, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> On RG, uh, Chief is into it now. Simon, one of our producers, is into it. Into it. There's a Discord channel where people are over it. Uh, and like, if you look at sort of like the value of cards, it's been skyrocketing the last couple of years. And of course, I'm with you. Uh, I had a lot of cards in the '80s and the '90s that have turned to trash. Like, 
Uh, I, I still have like 1987 tops cards, just like in like couch cushions. I'm I short. think we all have 1987 tops cards. <laughs> Do you yes. remember like your favorite card or your, or your best card or anything that kind of sort of stood out to you? Everybody loved the, uh, the Griffey upper deck. Number one, of course, that's one that kind of pops for people, but anything kind of, kind of stand out to you? Um, I remember just completely randomly, I, I collected Jim Palmer. I wanted every Jim Palmer card, an old pitcher for the Orioles. Um, if you're a, not an old person, and uh, I did eventually get every Jim Palmer card. So that's the thing. He um, was your, why was he your guy? You're living in Colorado. Why do you call oh, him no, no reason. I, I mean, it was just like, I got a card of his. I was like, that's cool. And they had cool hats. And it's like, I'm gonna get all those. Um, there, there was no rhyme or reason to hardly anything I did. When you Still live in Colorado, who's your team? Do you have a team growing up or it's like the local minor league team? Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I never really had a favorite baseball team until the mid-90s Indians. It's the first time I really had a favorite team. The closest thing to it would have been the, the Twins teams in the 80s because both my parents were from Minnesota. My grandparents were from Minnesota. So we did go to Twins games up there. That was kind of like the 87 Twins. That was kind of my first kind of bandwagon team because I had some sort of connection to them. Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck exactly. and uh... – I'm sure there's other guys that they're not coming to my head for some reason, but Viola, Frankie Viola. There you go. Frank Viola, that garbage bag in the outfield that they, <laughs> that ridiculous wall they had. It's kind of silly yeah. in the Metrodome, but, uh, yeah, so, so but I really it. never had it. And even kind of still don't, I mean, I'm an Indians fan and I kind of root for the Braves cause they're kind of the local team ish to me now. But, uh, like I don't have this diehard baseball, um, fan thing like I do with other sports. That was a good team to latch onto, by the way, the Cleveland team in the 90s with but Bayerga oh, yeah. and Bell and Lofton. That was a fun team. Those teams were great. Jim Tomey's still my all-time favorite baseball player. Apologies to Matt Carpenter, but Jim Tomey's the man. It's wild, Tomey. Nobody's ever, to my knowledge, like, you know, they accuse everybody, like a blanket statement, and some for good reason, of, of steroids in the 90s. To my knowledge, the, Jim Tomey was always, what they call him, like country strong or something Corn like that. Corn-fed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was ever any allegations on him. I don't know if there was or wasn't. I think was. everyone just knew he was big and strong and don't mess with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I he, love that guy. Where is he on the altar? Like 550? He's got a bunch, doesn't he, as far as Yeah, he's up there. I mean, I don't know how many people have passed him now, but, yeah, he was over 500. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he's one of those guys, at least maybe just in my brain, he kind of sort of gets lost in uh, in history. Uh by the way, I was going to ask you this uh, later, but the, uh, now, now that we're on it, sure. Uh, Bonds, Hall of Fame? Yes. It, this is all so goofy. This is so, it's so dumb. Like, what are, what are we doing? It just This goes into so many categories of, of the world, but what is anyone doing anymore? Like, it's like you can't put a, the best hitter of all time in the Hall of Fame because he did steroids. That's, that's great. Fine. Let's not have anyone in there from now on. It's pretty – it is pretty silly, right? Uh, McGuire? Can we say McGuire? Yeah. And Sosa. I think McGuire and Sosa belong in. They're not it, not as, you know, like that's not the dumbest thing ever that they're not, like the Bonds thing. But yeah, 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 they're Hall of Famers. Like Bonds was in before, like 2001, I think. Right. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Little little skinny Bonds from the 90s was probably a Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's funny because Bonds, when I was a kid and speaking of sports collecting cards, I remember collecting Bonds of Mania cards on Pittsburgh and they were kind of sort of the same guy in my head. And I, I probably wasn't that sharp a kid, but. I didn't think of like Bonds was distinctly better than Bonilla. Uh, yeah. And I, of course he separated himself years later. And yeah. fun fact, Bonilla is like today, was pretty great. Day, it's Bonilla day today also. It is. Yes. This is a, what a big day we're doing this on Canada day, Bobby Bonilla day. Tell Wednesday, the people what Bonilla I mean, day all is. Kinds of things. They might not know. Tell the people what Bonilla day is. Um, so I, I don't know the details of the contract, but like Bobby Bonilla had this contract where he gets paid like 
every year until like we're all like 90. Um, do what? Do you know the year that it ends? I don't know. Uh, I think it's like $2 million a year for like 25 year. I was going to say it's like 2035 or something. Yeah. Yeah, Devin confirms 2035. Like he gets paid every year. (laughs) That's a a good gig if you can get it. What a great. I don't uh, think he's still playing. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) They can't. I mean, why not? Sure. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts as far as we expect, as far as the season coming up. Uh, Hey, you know what? Sure. Let's talk about that. We'll look at everything else, of course, but the, uh, you are a great baseball savant, but like, how are we supposed to like even project anything? When we, what, what are we looking forward to in this two month sprint, presuming they play two months worth of baseball? This is so weird. I mean, I don't even know what to make of any of it. Like as a guy who started as a season long player, and that's still kind of my first love, like season long fantasy baseball. Like that's just not a thing. I mean, yeah, we're playing now this year, but I mean, I don't know what we're, why like uh, no one knows what's going to happen how it's going to happen how this affects anything once we start playing are we still playing the next week how many players are going to get sick and stop playing is one injury just end your year um i I mean i think it's fine for dfs and kind of well set up i'm going to enjoy playing and it's going to be nice to get back to you know writing about today's slate and all that um but to me this is much more a i think it's goofy to try to project what's going to happen either as far as team performance individual performance or you know, if, if, and how long they play, you know, do players play every day? Are there more injuries, less injuries? It's, it's all such an unknown. I'm really not trying to figure it out. Uh, And for DFS, we don't need to, we just, we need to go with that day. And that's why I think this season um, is better suited as a DFS season for me. Yeah. That's sort of where I'm at as well too. And like the trade deadline, you know, it's going to be like, well, did we win today? I guess we're buyers. Did we lose today? I guess we're sellers. It's, I mean, it's, it's fun. I guess if I were like a diehard fan of one of the bad teams, you know, like a Tigers fan or just some team that's never really there anymore. Like every team has a chance this year. Like really every team. Sample size. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Marlins or the Orioles or the Mariners, like these teams could make it. Um, (laughs) And you can't really say that in a full season. So I guess, you know, good for them. And I'd rather like, if they have even kind of a, a weird little chance, like I hope they just go for it. Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? And there's no is there an asterisk on this season of the champion in your in your mind? Yeah, but not really. I mean <laughs> at half of one. Yeah, like once once the season is over, like nobody cares anymore anyway. Like you get to wear the shirt of your team being champions forever. <laughs> like there's no there's no asterisk on your t shirt unless you put one there. Um so to me, not I mean not really. Are they more or less champions than the ninety four expos? Much more. <laughs> Sorry on Canada Day. Yeah, you know, you take any shots at Mount. How fun was that team, by the way? And just a side note, that Mont- that uh, uh, Grissom, who you met, I, I was going through your yeah, Twitter yeah. for prepping. Uh, your old friend Marquise Grissom, uh, <laughs> Marquise you know, close, the Battle yeah. of the Shields, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez. I buried the lead, right? Oh, Larry Walker. Yeah. yeah, Larry Walker. Man, that guy was good. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that season would have been great to play out and see what happened. Um, that that team was loaded yeah Larry Walker speaking of Hall of Famers yeah well I mean he was aided by Coors Field so we really can't right (laughs) he was one of those guys that like if you weren't playing fantasy baseball that was kind of before like his prime was before a lot of people were playing fantasy like he was just great at everything oh yeah he was awesome uh no one of those players at least maybe it's just my brain I kind of he kind of gets lost in history I don't think about him very often but once he doesn't get mentioned in that in that top tier but um he is he was he was phenomenal. Uh, 
high school, uh, you're, you're, you're more focused on music. You're more focused on sports. I graduated. I saw... Yeah, was that where we were going? Congratulations. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we, are we playing music uh, all through your teen years? Are we, do we have gigs on the weekend? How does that work? Yeah, so when I was, um, I guess it was ninth grade, uh, eighth grade is when I started writing songs, like pretty seriously. Um, tenth grade-ish is when I started playing like open mics. Um, and then 11th grade, I recorded, recorded my first cassette. Um, if the oh, young wow. crowd knows what that means. Um, <laughs> it was before a CD, which was before, however, you consume music now. Um, so yeah, 11th grade, I recorded my first, we'll call it an album. Um, and started playing like coffee house gigs. Yeah. So like 11th and 12th grade, I was playing a lot of like little coffee house gigs, recorded a couple albums, had written couple hundred songs none of them them were necessarily good but um i i was i was living and breathing music at that time you're getting your reps in though right like is yeah. that oh yeah oh it's like anything else i mean you got to get through the figuring out how to do it before you get good at something who, who inspired you who are your musical inspirations um the earliest one is john denver um that's how i started playing guitar my mom was a huge john denver fan um so like my first my first songbook was John Denver's Greatest Hits, and I kind of learned my way through guitar playing through that. I played Grandma's Featherbed in the first grade talent show. Um, apparently, I did fine. Um, and still, I mean, I still love John Denver now. Um, he was sort of the first big influence. Yeah, at Rocky Mountain High. Like, that's you're in Colorado. And is that, isn't that like his? I mean, I'm not a John. Yeah, Denver that's, that's sort of his, his famous hit. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And we used to go camping in Aspen, which is where he lived at the time. And I mean, um, like I just, I felt this, I have this John Denver connection and we would see him at Red Rocks every summer. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where it all started. Is that the coolest venue Red Rocks? I've heard about it, but I've never been. Like, it's it, it's pretty it's... great. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those. If you're a, a music person, a concert person, you should try to go sometime. Yeah. Hopefully those happen soon, by the way. Yeah. We... Don't, don't go like this week or next week, but. <laughs> well, nobody's going to be there. I don't think. Well, no. actually it's not necessarily true. It depends on where you live. I saw. There was some country artist in Tennessee that had a big old crowd, but I don't know. Uh, well, I digress. Um, yeah. So, by the way, I saw your baseball hacks. I, I, I assume you tried to play. You, you attempted to play baseball maybe in high school or in sort of like um, I mean, just, just Little League, like until I was about 11 or 12. I actually played um, in high school. Like my, my main sport was tennis. But prior to that, I played ice hockey. Um, oh. I was a goalie. And we're talking like, you know, playing started when I was five till I was about 12. So, you know, um, but it, it was a pretty, you know, serious pursuit relatively for a, a young human. Um, you know, we drove all around the state playing hockey and um, I loved it. It was fun. I, uh, not, not, to, not to date you or anything, but I saw, I've seen some older footage of like hockey equipment for goalies and it looks pretty like uh, the, the, the technology has advanced and some of it looks like it's pretty dangerous to be a goalie back in the day. Yeah. And especially if you were like on a very low budget, we were just going to the used, you know, hockey garment store and getting like whatever pair of pads you could find, like, and um, there were, there were, it was really hard to get every little area covered. Yeah. I had this weird little piece of hard plastic covering so I wouldn't get hit in the neck with a puck. And um, because you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, And there was like, I never quite had my whole like side, if I would get hit like right in the side, that would always be out for a while. Um, But I made it. Here I am. That's (laughs) probably why I quit when I was 12. Because once you start getting up to like high school, like, with that equipment, I would have, I would still be black and blue. Al McGinnis is like the 110 mile an hour uh, slap shot or something like that. I imagine that would hurt pretty good. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you feel it even when like 10 year olds are shooting at you, you, you can feel it. 
By the way, uh, you mentioned tennis. Aren't you uh, like, uh, I don't know, and you maybe in your age division, like a tennis champion in Alabama? Is that not a thing? Um, I was until a couple of years ago. Uh, I mean, tennis champion. I, I was a very good <laughs> tennis player who played on a, you know, on some teams that won some state titles for adult age group. How do you get involved in that? It's just so you want to stay active and you found something. Through yeah. The so or something like, that, like or? I played real seriously in high school and then I quit for a while for about actually 10 years after high school, I didn't really play. And then after I moved here, um, I picked up playing again and we have some leagues and you just sort of get involved. And then um, I got, I got kind of serious about it again before I hurt my back a couple of years ago. And now I've been completely out of it for a while, hoping eventually I can get back to it. Well, I was just talking to Dan DB. He says he's playing some tennis. So maybe when you get healthy, you'll, you'll challenge him and uh, you know, give him a reality check. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I would beat Dan. I, I don't need to see him play. I can tell you I would beat Dan Bach. <laughs> you don't need to um, see any tape. <laughs> I, I do not need to see the tape, but that's, it's a good, it's a really good sport for, you know, older ish people and younger people like Dan and older like myself. Um, I just, um, I'm hoping I get back out there soon. I had, I had back surgery last December, so I'm still just learning how to walk. Oh man. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, you're on the road to recovery. Uh, is that something you can fully recover from, but I guess it's sort of case. Yeah, it it is. It it was, it was not serious. I mean, it was just like the, uh, the herniated disc. So, um, yes, I I should, the doctor says I will be playing tennis again shortly, but he's younger than I am. So (laughs) you're ruled out for this major league baseball season since it's a 60 gamer. (laughs) Yeah. I I opted out. Um, (laughs) I've not sent my, my letter yet, but I will not be there. After high school, did you hit the road to play some music? How'd that go down? Yep. So um, I went to college for one year um, and majored in music. Um, but I kind like I knew what kind of music I wanted to do. And in college, you're majoring in either like classical or jazz. Um, so I did the the jazz. Like I played in jazz band and all that stuff. Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I knew what I wanted to do. So after my freshman year of college, um, it was actually my mom's idea. Idea. Uh, I never thought about not going to college because people just did that. My mom noticed I was not particularly happy. And she's like, you don't have to go to college. And I was like, all right, I'm out. And I, I hit the road. Um, this was like 1995 ish. Um, and I just started, this is before the internet and it was really hard to find gigs, but I found gigs all over the country. I would like go to the library and check out a phone book and start calling coffee houses and be like, you don't know me, but you guys do music there. <laughs> now, you know, book like three little coffee houses in wherever Chicago and drive to Chicago and play gigs. Um, That's wild that for a long time. It was and each phone call so costs fun. you, you get the, you find a phone book, which again, we have, the yeah. only thing we have to explain to the kids what a phone book is and a phone <laughs> booth, I, I imagine, which is another thing that uh, no longer really exists, maybe like in a mall or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I think about the, now what I did and try to explain it, like, yeah, you, the long distance bill, like, on my taxes, I had to write out every, like, you know, I was adding up, okay, it took me 23 cents to talk to here. And, uh, you know, I would get the phone bill and write this was a, you know, music calls. And then I have this big book with numbers. And when I'm on the road, I would have to pull over and find a phone book to call a venue to like confirm a gig. And um, that, that, that really happened. And what was the success ago. rate with that? Like you would just, I mean, it would you it'd take one in 10 as far as, and sometimes maybe you show up and they forget who you are or, like, is it like, oh, wait, that's not happening? Or we already booked this. We didn't really know you were coming. Well, I was, I ended up pretty quickly getting pretty good at follow-up. And I would, you know, because, yeah, that happened a lot. Because a lot of times, like, especially if it's like a coffee house or a small little venue, like, the person who books the music in March might not be working there in May when you show up. And that, that was kind of the biggest problem. It wasn't that they were trying to do anything wrong. Just like they just, like, switched music people and the guy threw away his book. There's a lot um, of turnover. 
Yeah. So I would, you know, after I booked something, I would send out flyers and I would call like a month ahead and like a week ahead. So I, I got pretty, because if you're driving like to the middle of nowhere uh, and you have like one gig in like, you know, Bloomington, Indiana, and you, you don't want to just show up and not have one. So, um, well, if you're going to Bloomington, you got to like try to hope to get some along the way and some of the surrounding parts, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was, um, I mean, it was so much fun. And even thinking about it, like I would book a gig. So I lived in Denver at the time. I would, you know, book a gig in Kansas city and get one in Columbia, Missouri, get one in St. Louis and get one in Indiana, then get one in Cincinnati, just kind of move my way city to city. Um, and over the course of about, I mean, I did overall for about 15 years, but even in the first like 10 years, I had played in 42 States. I think. Wow. I mean, I got to say that was kind of my way to see the country and just do what I wanted to do. And it was it was great. What's like the I mean, how do you make it just one thing? Like, what's the what's the coolest thing about jumping from state to state and just seeing like I love I love, you know, just seeing the little intricacies, little like nuances that each state has to offer. Like, I mean, how do you I mean, you probably if I can name a state, if I name Iowa, you can give me a story about Iowa. Yeah, um, I mean, and it's the places like that that I love the best, like the. Um, so Iowa city, like I would play out, I would busk on the street in Iowa city. Um, that's where the university of Iowa was. And then a lot of times, um, when I was playing at a coffee house, I'd usually find somewhere to stay, like someone who worked there would let me stay with them or something like, you know, what you got paid for a coffee house gig didn't do much for getting a hotel room. So, but in Iowa city, I remember, um, busking out on the street. I played at this coffee house that was also an ice cream store. It was ice cream store downstairs, coffee house upstairs. I mean, if you know me, that, that's my that's kind of your wheelhouse right there. right there. And then I camped out in this state park, like ten minutes north of Iowa City. Um, and I remember waking up, um, it was like super misty all around, and there were deer running all over the place. And I was wondering why no one else was camping there, but I thought it was perfect. Um, I guess it was cold. But what um, is the most random place you ended up sleeping at? Well, sometimes, well, okay, I guess I should point out that for, for six or seven years, I had a pickup truck with a camper shell on the back and I would sleep in that. Um, I had, I had my PA system on one side of it. And then I had like a sort of a mat, like a mat with a sleeping bag on top of it. So I sleep in the back of the truck and wherever, um, usually in some park somewhere, but sometimes it would be like a rest area or a hotel parking lot, the village inn parking lot because then you wake up and there's your, your coffee so that was pretty a PA, a pa system is that like a breaker breaker or is uh, sound, a sound system um so i had my own like a lot of these places didn't have a sound system, so i carried my own speakers and microphone and amplifier all that stuff okay i gotcha yeah and you were you were a one-man band correct correct just yeah me and the guitar that's that's, that's so wild room. Do you ever look back and just say like, wow, I did that for 15 years. And that was, that's just so ambitious to do. And just, I mean, you must have a ridiculous collection of stories as well. And just, again, I just threw out Iowa and all of a sudden, here you go. I can, I can mention Kentucky and you got something in Kentucky for me. I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um, but yeah, when I look back on it now, yeah, it's kind of crazy that I, did that. I'm so glad I did. And I loved it. And I love thinking about it, but I would not want to do it now at all. Like, like it's definitely a young man's game. I mean, there, I know people that are my age or older that I knew from them that are still doing it. Yeah. And that's great. I kind of lost the the passion for, you know, traveling and playing every night. Um, But 
I, I'm so glad I did it. It was amazing. I mean, you're also at a different spot in life now. You have a family. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I would imagine that changes things. And yeah, yeah, man, you, you want to be home and, uh, you know, you just want to relax. You want to eat your ice cream and you want, you want to watch your baseball. And there you go. I imagine. I'm not telling you what you tell me. Is that what you want to do? Right. I definitely want to eat my ice cream. And sometimes <laughs> when you're traveling and like staying with different people, they may or may not have the kind of ice cream you want. And then you feel bad. Like, <laughs> you know, am I supposed to tell them what kind of ice cream I want them to have for me? That's a little ambitious. So you don't have a writer that's like demands, uh, you know, a certain flavor. I wasn't of ice at cream? that point yet. Although, you know, some like, one of the things that uh, is still kind of a thing was is house concerts. I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but um, people would put on concerts in their house, invite their friends, and they would often be, you know, very much, what can we get for you? We'll make you any meal you want. Tell me what you want. And if it was people I kind of got to know, I would be like, yeah, I would like some Ben and Jerry's. Um, give them some flavors. And <laughs> What's your go-to Ben and Jerry's flavor? Uh, New York Super Fudge Chunk. Okay. There you- I mean, is some there, of that is last even a bad one? Is there a bad Ben and Jerry's flavor? No, no, it really isn't. Fish food would be my second favorite. Okay. Yeah. Is, are you a fan of the band fish or you just like the, the taste of the ice cream? No, I just like the, the food. When I first had the ice cream, I assumed it was like the swimming things that it was about because there are little fish in there, like with an F, you know, fish. Uh, that, yeah. that band, I don't understand that band. Like, you know, at I was some point ask- the song's got to be over. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, like, I've never, I've never heard you like say a bad thing about basically anything. And like, I'm, who's an overrated band. You're probably not going to give me an answer. You're going to dance around it. You're not going to get any so-called shots on anybody. And like, we had this conversation before with somebody else. Like you're always like one of the nicest guys in DFS. You're, you're on the family feed board. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, I didn't know there was a family feed we, board. We surveyed a hundred people and it was not, a, it was a dig. Somebody said cheese and there you go. You're on the board. Uh, but fish. Yeah. I don't, I'm with you. I don't get it. Uh, I don't, I mean, I know sometimes, uh, you partake in some sort of activities while they're singing a fish yeah. or some people do. I think that's one of those, they're like a lifestyle band. You have to like be there and like, you know, be at the concert with your friends and, you know, dancing around in that weird sort of spinny way. And, and then you would love it. That's, I don't really do that spin around arms in the air dance. That's probably what's missing. It's probably not the music. It's probably on me. <laughs> I was listening to you on Spotify today. And I think you're talking about the Sometimes the song has to end. And I'm like, I think most of your songs are pretty concise. I want to say like, they're not like five, six minutes long. Yeah, they are now er- early on. That's part of the process of learning how to write songs. Like early on in my career, I would have a lot of songs that were five or six minutes. that didn't need, they weren't, there wasn't, wasn't five or six minutes worth of material. It was just like, I didn't, uh, I was doing another verse and tell a story that doesn't really tell anything. So over time you kind of learn how to whittle it down. And um, I mean, there's a reason most songs are three and a half minutes. So that's how long they need to be for the most part. Not surprisingly, you have multiple songs uh, about baseball, which is, yeah, uh, I caught those as well. And of course on the, on crunch time, famously you've done uh, some timely, uh, you know, <laughs> songs just on well like how long does it take to write those like uh, when you write your reese hoskins homages and you just throw in rg personalities and things like that so it, it's basically the day of a show i'll decide oh i gotta do a song and i'll spend about an hour just uh, you know as soon as when i figure out what what song i want to sort of go off of it yeah you spend about an hour just kind of throwing something together is it like riding a bike is it a skill that just doesn't leave you as far as writing a song i mean i imagine you're not doing it that nearly as much these days or you still have it it's in your bag yeah and i still um so the one thing I do to stay musically um, active is I, I teach some songwriting lessons at a local music store. Um, like they have a summer camp where the kids come and they put them in bands and they'll learn some songs and write a song together. So I'll go teach them how to write songs. Um, so that keeps me sort of creative. Um, so I don't want it. Yeah. I don't, uh, you don't really forget how to do it, but it's still good to practice. So I do, I do write a little bit here and there. Did your kids show interest? Do they want you to teach them anything as far as music? 
No, uh, they went through all kinds of things. I mean, they had little music phase. I mean, they took piano for a year here, you know, a drum lesson for three weeks here and a guitar for a week here, but music was just kind of never their, their main thing. Yeah. That's interesting. And they probably heard it around the house. It just didn't take for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, other hobbies just sort of took over more. My son liked sports more. My daughter was into dancing and then horseback riding. And they had, they had their things. Um, music just kind of missed their cut. By the way, get back to ice cream for a second. Uh, oh, give me pow, power rank. Give me like, uh, give me like your top three, top four uh, ice cream flavors. Not, not Ben and Jerry's because those are so super specific, but like general standard, you know, like cookies and cream, butter pecan. What, what's on the board there for you? I mean, general standard, I would still just go with plain old chocolate. Oh. Um, and then plain old vanilla. Like they're, they're standards for a reason, like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, it, but butter pecan would probably be the, the next sort of interesting ish standard that I like. Um, I mean, I, I like everything though. This is unfortunate cheese because I, I, I know you've won a couple million dollars and I'm going to, I was going to hit you up. I had, a, I had an idea for an ice cream shop. Uh, I was looking for an investor. <laughs> so, you know, Neapolitan ice cream, you know, it's chocolate, oh, yeah. vanilla and strawberry. Sure. And I think it's absurd that that's the, old, why is that the, old, who delegated that these are the three ice creams you need one third of one third of one third of. And, uh, why can't I get one third of cookies and cream, one third of butter pecan and one third of like mint chocolate chip? Why isn't that an option? Well, you know, that is an option at an ice cream store because you get it by the scoop. You get a scoop of each. It's very much an option, Dean. But I, I, I guess what you're saying, you should be able to go to the store and buy this in a box. Is that? I just want that? to create my own. I want to create my own Neapolitan. Don't put me in a box. And, and I don't want chocolate. And you know, some people, they knock out the chocolate, they knock out the vanilla, and they just throw out a third strawberry. Nobody wants the strawberry. Right. That's, that's incorrect. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with a create your own trio. Um, yeah. I, you have my support. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. Oh, man. That, I feel uh, like that was a big moment. I've officially given you my support for your new pick your own three flavors. That, no, I, I thought that was a universal, like across the board, not just ice cream related, but the, that's not, I shouldn't interpret it any other way outside of ice cream, I suppose. Correct. I was getting. <laughs> just the uh, one thing. So season long baseball is like where are you, uh, like, I don't know all the great season long baseball players. You've been playing in, what is it, Fab and all those, uh, you tell me the names of them as far as the season What is it, Fab? <laughs> is it that, is Fab. What are you talking is, about? That's free agent bidding, bidding yes. Well, look, that's a term. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I no longer have your support. <laughs> what is you know what i'm talking about i always see these initials and these letters and you go to vegas and you go to arizona and you go over the place and pick your season long teams yeah it's actually it's actually very much like dfs it's this niche group of people that like if you're in that industry like you know all the terms and everything just makes sense but if you're a little bit outside of it like what are these people talking about it's very similar to dfs in that way um but you haven't played season long since 1999 um and started playing really seriously in the, I don't know, 2006, seven range. Um, so yeah, like the, you know, the biggest season long leagues are the NFBC where I go out to Vegas, not this year, but every other year we go to Vegas and do drafts. They have drafts in New York and Chicago as well. Um, and that's sort of like, usually when you see people on Twitter talking season long fantasy baseball, it's usually centered around NFBC or, and when are talking about fab, they're talking about, who are you going to pick up as a free agent in the NFBC this weekend or, or other leagues, you know, industry leagues, things like that. Yeah. Like most of my season long is just like my idiot friends from high school. We just keep playing and I don't, I've never done the, well, I shouldn't call it the fat, the tout wars, uh, all right. these, all these initials are kind of thrown out there. And uh, 
But of course, we know you. Uh, well, I know you. Uh, I shouldn't say we. A lot of people know you from a variety of things. But I know you from DFS, and you won a million dollars in, I believe, 2014 at the famous Fandle final where the water main went down in Colorado. Of course, the Colorado game was uh, was canceled. Uh, why? Well, first of all, take me through the sweat of getting there. Were you playing DFS a ton before that? Did you just sort of discover DFS and all of a sudden, hey, I'm at a live final? How'd that go down? Um, so I'd been playing DFS a little bit from the very beginning, like 2008 or 2009, uh, even before there was a fan duel. Fantasy Sports Live was the first site I played wow. on. Um, I believe it was 2008. Um, and I played a little bit on kind of every little site that popped up for a month here and there I played on at some point. Um, but not super seriously, just kind of a little bit here and there. Um, I was pretty high up on like the early leaderboard of that Fantasy Sports Live, which as far as I know is the first real site um, that did it. But, um, you know, in like 2010, 11, 12, um, when like FanDuel popped up and then when DraftKings came along, like I was just a guy who played mostly cash games without, without taking it real seriously. Like I wasn't, you know, mapping out my bankroll or what I'm going to play each day. If I didn't, you know, some days I'd play, some days I wouldn't, some days I'd research, some days I'd just click some buttons. Um, In 2013, I started taking it a little more seriously. Um, And then 2014, um, it's actually kind of ties in with the NFBC. So we were drafting NFBC in Vegas and FanDuel sent some reps out there because that was the first year they were offering the million dollar final for baseball. Um, And so I was talking to the FanDuel guys out there about it. And um, I was like, million dollars for fantasy baseball i should probably actually try this for real so i put um some money in that just to use for qualifiers for FanDuel with the sole intent purpose of getting to that exact final um and i won a qualifier pretty early on i think it was april or may on a zach grinky day and um do you remember the sweat are you watching it are you, you so have, like, i remember your hand the whole time or what i remember that Whichever game, I don't, I don't remember the specific game of bats that I had like two guys on each team that did well, but we went out to eat Japanese food and on the TV at the bar, when the scores rolled around the bottom, that game was like 12 to 10. I saw three of my guys pop up with home runs. I was like, well, that could actually be interesting. Um, and then it was like the last game of the night was, it was Grinky pitching. Um, and it basically came down to if he got the win, I win. If he got a no decision, I would lose. And um in a, like got the win by one run. So that was, that was kind of my, the first ever like sweat I had where I remember like actually watching a scoreboard of a DFS game. Take me to, uh, take me to the live final team because uh, of course this was the famous one where Coors Field, there was a water main break. Uh, I don't think there was any late lock. So one, you know, one, you couldn't swap. So once you're kind of locked in, you're locked in and you did not have anybody at Coors. I don't believe. Uh, and you ended up winning the live final there. Uh, what was that room like when uh, the Coors game was canceled? Uh, and were you like secretly fist pumping when you realized you had nobody in Coors and that was somewhat of an advantage for you? I mean, everything about that was so surreal. Like, I mean, the, for the first part, like I was not a DFS personality at that point. Like nobody knew who I was. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of the usual characters at that time that all kind of knew each other. And I was just this random guy. Nobody had any idea who I was or why I was there. Um I do remember like the first person who ever came up and just said hi to me was, was STL cards. He was in that. Um, so good for him. Thank you. Um, nice old Justin. Then I met uh, DB and, and Cam. Um, they were sort of uh, doing a, I don't know. That's when they 
did live coverage of, of, of the finals. Um, but so, you know, my team started doing really well right off the bat, like David Ortiz at a home run, a couple of the, the Blue Jays guys did some things. Um, and then the course field game was kind of on a side TV and it started like an hour later in the other games. And like 10 minutes before the game starts, there was no sound on, but they just kept showing outside the stadium, all these fire hydrants or like water just <laughs> popping up on the street. And we're all just like, yeah, well, there's no sound on. Nobody really knew what was happening. And there was sort of this slow rumble of you would hear these people talking to each other, like, so they might not be able to play in Colorado. And I was like, what are, they, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and when it did get canceled, like, I didn't really like I hadn't kind of scoreboard watched to see. I mean, of course, that game's going to be popular because it's course field, but I hadn't really paid attention to how many people had stacks in that game. Um, and, you know, it turned out, you know, like a third of the field had, you know, a, a stack in that game. Um, and so there ended up being like three of us, um, kind of the top three who didn't have any players in that game that were kind of fighting uh, to win. And then, you know, there were. Th- maybe three teams in the top 10 that had several players in that game. And we ended up, I mean, the score was not that close. Like the top couple teams beat those teams by a lot. Like, it's not like if that game had played, we definitely would have lost. It would have definitely been close to that game had played. Um, And just, I mean, what a time to have dumb luck on your side is is what it was. (laughs) Um, But I like, I'm glad that my team was awesome and dominated. It's not like I just barely squeaked by a team with the core stack. You know, that that would have I mean, I would have been fine with it. I'm not gonna, don't get me wrong, but I'm glad it wasn't like that. Exactly. But I do feel I mean, of course, I feel terrible for the people who had that game, especially the ones that were, you know, you obviously would have moved up if not won the thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just dumb luck. It's funny because people uh, the next day when they played the course game, it was like 14 to 16. And there were people yeah, saying, the See, game that game went out of one. Yeah, that game went off, although it was different pitchers and a different batting order and a different day. But um, yeah, don't ruin the narrative. But it would have been that like if if you look at the score and it was that if the game had been like a, you know, 10 to eight kind of game that they probably would have won. If it had been like a six to five kind of game, I probably would have won. So the people that had that game, I mean, that's just a bummer. You won a million bucks. Uh, knowing you, I don't know you know you, but knowing you enough, I, I don't think you like splurges in anything, right? I'm guessing you didn't like go out and buy. Any, maybe you bought an extra scoop of ice cream, possibly a celebration. I did. Well, so after, like, immediately after winning, I guess a lot of people were partying. I went to Ben and Jerry's, like, literally went across the street <laughs> to Ben and Jerry's and Planet Hollywood, and I had like a super big uh, Ben and Jerry's. Yes, that was the plan either way, though. If you finished first, or right? You finished last. I, yeah, if I'd finished last, I would have had a super large Ben and Jerry's. I don't know if I would have gotten the waffle bowl, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> an extra buck fifty or something. Yeah, it's, it's a little much, like it's a little pricey. The sprinkles but, on it and the whole deal. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm just not a splurgy person. I mean, like, my lifestyle is not honestly any different now. Um, it's obviously great to have money than not to have money, but like, yeah, I'm not a hey, let's go out and you know, buy a helicopter. I don't you know how much make that it rain costs. anywhere. It's probably more than a million dollars. I did not make it rain anywhere. I don't even know. How, I wouldn't even know how to do that. Like, it seems like like I don't think that works. Like, I have a feeling if I got a bunch of ones or whatever and went like that, it would just be like one pile would fall on the floor. I don't understand how that would work. It would make for the greatest gift ever if you tried this one day on like video, or <laughs> <laughs> we'll try it on crunch time or something like that. One of these yeah. days, if I ever win like a, a live final again, I'm gonna I'll do that. I'll I'll see if I can make make, make them like spray up in the air. I have a feeling it won't work. 
It would be phenomenal. And did you start taking DFS more serious after that? Like you, uh, and eventually yes. you obviously did content as well too, or it, you just basically just kind of like, it was just the next day was the next day. And that's that. Or at some point you said, I'm going to apply myself even more to this. And how did that work? Yeah. So like that live final was towards the end of the season. So, I mean, I played a little bit more that season, but not still not a ton. It was kind of the next year, 2015, where I, before the season, I, you know, sat down and looked at everything and figured out, okay, I'm going to play for real and try to figure out what I'm doing. Um, started doing just a little bit of content, but not, not much that year. Um, but yeah, so 2015 is the first year I played, I'll say intentionally, um, and then sort of built up from there. I believe you won a million that year as well, too, on, uh, on DK. I'm pulling it up now on your RG page. Yeah, that was uh, uh, August of 15, I believe. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, and I'm not stalking you, but it was a Yankee stack, was it not? So that's that day actually has a wonderful story. Um, our fine editor, uh, Scott, is sort of in, in charge of behind-the-scenes stuff at Roto-Grinders. I was at a um, favorite local restaurant, Niffers, that day, eating, eating a chicken sandwich, having my sweet tea. Um, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and whoever was supposed to write the stacks article that day just didn't show up for work. And Scott texts me at like one o'clock, like, can you write a stacks article? Like we don't have one. I was like, I guess. <laughs> so I went home and I wrote this article and, um, I was digging through the stuff for a stacks article and realized how great the Yankee stack was. Cause there was another stack. Um, I believe it was the blue Jays that day that were like the chalk obvious, Hey, this is the great stack. But, um, through doing that article, I was like, I, d- I definitely have to Yankee stack in this million dollar thing. Um, and it was, in fact, the play. <laughs> Do you remember like how you made lineups in 2013, 2014, or even go back to 2004, 2009, if you want to? Uh, how is your game played? What have you learned uh, analytics wise, I suppose? Uh, what would you tell? What would 2020 cheese tell like 2010, 2015 cheese as far as making lineups? Um, well, the making lineups is different based on the level of competition, like back in like 2009, 10, 11, when I actually did pretty well, especially in cash games, there was no creativity at all to my lineup. Like it was just straight what you would call cash game chalk because nobody knew what that was. Like there was no content. There were no lineup builders. Um, Just playing the obvious best baseball players and the best matchups for me was very easy to do. And there was no reason to overthink any of these things like ownership, like it's just, you just play who's playing and in the best matchup and you don't even have to do any math. You just click on the names and fill up your roster and hit submit. Um, so DFS me from now back then would say, you know, don't mess with anything, just play more. Um, because before the content was out there, like people were all the time playing players that weren't even in the lineup. Like it was not uncommon at all to have a head to head with someone that was using a starting pitcher that wasn't even pitching that day. Mm-hmm. It was, it's pretty crazy to think about now. Well, well DK and Fandle wouldn't tell you who's, you know, they wouldn't say on right. the actual site who's starting and who's not starting. I remember people were angry, like, oh, I can't believe DK and Fandle is telling people who's starting, who's not. And then, of course, the rare time they get it wrong and people are mad about that also. And they yeah. can't win. But it really was a different world. I mean, before, like you say, the sites didn't have probable pitchers listed. You would kind of have to, you know, I mean, most people that were playing would at least look at the list of probable pitchers, but sometimes that was wrong. And, you know, the lineups weren't everywhere. Like as soon as lineups come out, you know, we've got them up on the site for anyone to see, like that wasn't a thing. Like you had to kind of look around to see who was batting. Um, So it was just kind of easy for a while, just on the basis of lack of information for everyone else. Um, And once that edge sort of died off, it took me 
a long time to catch up to figure out that, okay, everyone else now knows what they didn't used to know just because someone's telling them or because, you know, they've built their own model now or whatever. So there was sort of that gap in 2000, probably 12 and 13, where just playing the obvious stuff kind of stopped working because everyone started figuring out what it was. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of the learning curve for me is that was most, most of 2015 was kind of that learning curve of when am I supposed to just play the obvious plays and when do I need to try to be a little tricky? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're one of the few people uh, in 2020 that is willing to play like non stacks. Uh, like you don't feel like you absolutely have to stack every single lineup, which I, and of course we both understand why you're supposed to stack and I'm doing air quotes, but aren't you, you're one of the people that, that you're okay. Yeah. And like, what is a stack is also an interesting conversation because it could be a mini stack too, maybe three. My, my favorite have- Dean day of all time is when you were on Twitter going after people <laughs> about a stack because someone said a two, two, two was a stack. And you're like, yes. Then where's the stack end? Do I have to one, 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 one. <laughs> It's one of my better fighter Twitter uh, yes. Twitter moments, yes. But yeah, it's we, we talk about these terms. We if we all define it differently, what's the point of talking about it? Yeah. So like, there's just these ebbs and flows of of DFS where as soon as everybody knows something and does it, that's not necessarily the thing to always do, no matter what. Um, and I think it depends so much on how you play. Like if you're doing 150 lineups every day of course you're mostly going to stack. Like you can only build so many different ways. Like if you just randomly throw together 150 lineups from a lineup builder without stacking, like there's no way to really control what you get. Um, but if you're just doing, you know, three lineups and doing three max entries or single entries, I don't think you should just blindly say, Oh, I have to have five players from this team in every lineup. Like I still kind of want good players at every position when I can get them. Um, so I, I don't just stack by default. I still usually stack more often than not, like mostly salary based. Like at some point you have to fill out a roster and if you play someone that's bad, sure. I'm going to correlate them, but I, I don't, I don't think you just always have to stack every day, no matter what. Yeah. And FanDuel specific, you get rewarded more for stacking. So it's different conversations to some degree, but, uh, let's play some word association here, Dave, uh, Reese Hoskins. Home run. <laughs> Matt Carpenter. Two home runs. KBO. Tired. <laughs> I was, what was it like doing content for KBO? Like, it's so weird, man. I, I kind of <laughs> love it. I just, I just hate that it's in the middle of the night. You know, you know poor, poor us in America. Like, why can't they you can't change play at a different time? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I really like the sport. I like the league. I've liked getting to know the players. Um, writing about it is a mess because of the names. Like it's so hard to get these names down. Um, and there, and with only 10 teams, there's only so much to say. Like you kind of, you run out of interesting things to say when there's like, you know, three good teams, five good teams, and then that's the whole league. Um, but I do really like playing. I mean, there's some good players over there um, and I've enjoyed it. I just, I played a lot early on and I've stopped playing every day. Just simply, I'm just too tired. Uh, Houston Astros. Uh, Dirty cheaters. Oh, good. Good ones. (laughs) Uh, They they would be great playing straight up. Um, But I, I, I I am upset that they're kind of going to get off the hook. 
Like it was going to be great to see what happened this year if it just played out normal with all, because I mean, that was kind of a slow burning fire that yeah. the first week of the season Astro games were going to be very interesting to watch. Now uh, I hope everyone still throws on them. Uh, not really. I, I actually don't, but um, it's not going to be as interesting now. Did you see the, uh, you know, baseball rules this year, one of them they explicitly said like they outlawed a fighting uh, and like, you can't intentionally, I can't remember what the framing was. They outlawed fighting and you can't throw at somebody. And it's like, wasn't that already outlawed? Like, they did it, but I yeah. think it was outlawed before. Yeah, I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> like, <laughs> we really we're telling you time. again. Well, yeah, for real, guys. <laughs> Double CK probation or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, was Jose Altuve wearing a device? You know, did that ever come? You saw the clip, I'm sure. When he was coming I mean, the, he yes, of course he was. Like, that. that's the one that yeah. just, I will never be okay with that. Um but I don't know that other people weren't doing that too. I mean, yeah, it's terrible and I hate it, but also what, whoop de do? What am I supposed to do about it? As a neutral fan, is there like a more fun player to root for than Jose Altuve? Like not really. <laughs> and now I'm like conflicted. It's like, but like, you know, I don't know. Like he's still fun to, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. Yeah. I, I, I don't either. Like as far <laughs> as um, just skill sets that I love, like Alex Bregman is one of my favorite players and I, I don't want to even like him at all anymore now I mean he's still good though that's the thing like these guys are not good because they saw some signals they're good because they're good and you're um, still drafting when season long I saw again I, I imagine yeah. that they took a hit as far as because people are talking about their splits or talking about how they had this they big did. advantage at home and you don't seem to be caring about that at least uh, that's what I was getting getting from your tweets yeah like it's not like they were great at home and terrible on the road. They're just great everywhere. Um, they're great. And I'll still draft them, but I don't like them. You're a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, what's, what's that like? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I, I love the Browns so much. I mean, it's weird. Um, it's, it's annoying when other people become Browns fans, you know. It was trendy ago. last year. Yeah. And, you know, Sometime it's going to happen that we're going to win and then everyone's going to be a fan and it will be annoying, but I would rather us win and, and it'll happen, Dean. Word association, Ernest Biner? I can't, I can't even, I can't oh. even do that one. Is that it? I, I love Ernest Biner so much that, I mean, that's like that moment. It like, I, I can't even go there, but I love Ernest Biner. Yeah, he didn't fumble on purpose. You know? No, he, no, he, it was legitimately stripped. He didn't just like drop the ball. Like it was an actual good intentional play. Um, it just just so awful. Bernie Kosar, I think that's your guy, isn't it? He he is the greatest of all time. Yes, that is my one by far favorite athlete forever. Not even close. No one can ever come close. Baker Mayfield. I, I don't. I wish he wasn't on my team. I think he's great, and I think oh. we're going to win with him. But I, I don't really like cockiness or even confidence, honestly. Um, and he's got a little much of both. But I don't care. Like it's my team. Like there is no NFL team that I like all the people on them. Like I would want to hang out with them, so I get over it. But I don't like. He's probably not coming over for coffee. <laughs> he's not welcoming he's not well, he's okay. he's welcome but he's probably not coming like i didn't send an evite if he shows up absolutely i mean he can come in so geez i'm going through i'm on your rg page and it shows like your recent play and all that uh i love the fact you've been play, you've been grinding esports and nascar <laughs> i mean do, are you watching this stuff or are you just so firing or i what? actually really and honestly 
I really like the esports. Um, I'm not. I don't watch them. Um, yeah. I don't even still under, have any clue how to play the games. I don't know what a baron <laughs> is, but it's a, it's a thing you do something with. Um, I really like the lineup building process for esports, and I, I actually will probably keep playing if they continue. Um, NASCAR, golf, and MMA. I wouldn't even say I'm grinding. I would say I play them because it's kind of fun. I'm not good at them. I don't even know if I like them. <laughs> um, I mean, because I have Stevie's content for NASCAR, I'm going to play a little bit. We, our golf guys are so good. I'm going to put some lineups together. Um, you know, Brett that does the MMA stuff. Like I have this great content. I want to play a little bit with it and it's give me something to do, but those three sports are totally just a goof for me. And I don't pretend to be good at them and I'm not. Do you pretend to be good at hockey? Because uh, do you know this? Where do you think you rank uh, in the RG hockey rank, hockey rankings? Would you think you have any idea where you rank in that? I mean, I guess uh, not so many people play seriously. Am I top 30? At a 6,730. And of course there's probably some people just like played one or two games or whatever, but it's probably back a little people that barely play, but you're sixth. You're what? sixth in the NHL hockey. There rankings. are not seven good hockey players is what that is about. <laughs> You're six. I, I, um, <laughs> so hockey is definitely my second favorite DFS sport. Like, I, I I've liked it for a while. Um, probably going back to again, like that's the sport I played as a kid. Like that's a sport I enjoy watching. Um, I I don't think I'm. I I don't know if I'm good at it. I'm okay at it. Um, but I really think that's a matter. There aren't that many people that play a lot of hockey. But the top couple hockey players are. Like the gap between them and everybody else is way bigger than every other sport. And I'm not, I'm not one of the top, like I, I play it a lot and I like it. Are you an avalanche fan or did that happen after you or? No, that was guy? actually. Um, so my last couple of years living in Denver is when the avalanche moved to town and won the cup, won the cup. And like, that was like a huge deal around town. Like that was right before the Broncos went on their Super Bowl run. Like there hadn't been like a winning team in Denver in a really long time. And the avalanche came in and, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the only local Colorado team I ever really got behind. Um, I still, I still do root for them. You guys, uh, that was you know at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm from South Florida, the Panthers. That was the year of the rat for the Panthers in Colorado. Swept that was a out. great series. Van Beesbrook, I like that guy. The bees, yeah, yeah. he had a B um, and a Z on the back of his yeah. helmet. You know that that series was fantastic. I actually have Game Seven on VHS in my in my closet over there. Well, wait a second. That was a four game sweep, Colorado versus. Uh, You're game, thinking of a different series. Yeah, Game Game Seven is not the way. To, uh, I have one of the games from that, um, and I have Game Seven of the. Uh, I believe it was the Red Wings. I don't remember which year is which. It was a Game Seven of an Avalanche in the Conference Finals, and I have I don't know what game of the Florida um, Colorado series I have, but I have it on VHS because I really like, I was rooting for the avalanche, but I really like the bees. Um, I still do. I feel like it was like a one zero game. Like they lost an overtime in, the, in game four, but I could be wrong. Yeah, like, I honestly like- don't remember. I wouldn't have remembered it was a sweep. I actually thought it went more than four, but like, I remember a couple of games that just, it seems like the avalanche could have won like 30 to two, but <laughs> it was like one to zero or two to one or something. Yeah, stuff. if only there was a machine we can type this into and get an official score on. Yeah, what's, I, what's the fun in that? <laughs> I, I definitely do not remember. Um, I just remember loving that series and loving both goaltenders, but I don't actually remember any of the scores. Or I, I didn't remember that it was a sweep. 
Did you have anything fancy or cool on your on your goaltending helmet, or not so much? No, no, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I don't know if that was a thing. Um, I just had a, a helmet with a face mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, just just with the face mask, you're good to go. Was, I yeah, they recommended that. Do you ever uh, like go into games? You go to hockey games? I think hockey's got like, the best upgrade as far as watching on TV oh, yeah. and being in so, the building. The one um, when I say the Avalanche was the only kind of local team I got behind. Actually, the University of Denver is one of the elite like hockey colleges. Um, so we used to go to all those games. My dad actually taught at the University of Denver, so we had season tickets. Um, there was like a couple of years in the mid '80s when they went to the Frozen Four, um, some really good teams. So that was kind of a thing we did pretty regularly. Um, and still, when I go back, my parents still live out there. Um, if I can catch a a DU game. I love to do that. What about your favorite at the, you know, your favorite moment ever at any sporting event, any sport, what, what kind of pops out in your head? <laughs> so after all the nonsense of the late eighties, AFC championship games, the next year when both the Broncos and the Browns were terrible, the Browns played in Denver and had this crazy 29, 27 comeback um, with the game winning field goal that, kind of was kicked right in front of me. That was definitely by far my favorite sporting event ever. And in a game, like the one game in a decade between those two teams, it didn't matter at all. And Bernie pulled it out, but um, just being there at that age, that was my favorite game. By the way, I just Wikipedia, I pulled up the fly as far as that Stanley cup finals, uh, Florida versus Detroit. We're both kind of right. Florida got walloped eight to one in game two. Uh, but it was a triple overtime in game four and Florida lost one, nothing. So okay. That's, that's the game I'm thinking like in my mind, because that game was so great. I've built it up to, as that was a game seven. Uh, that's, that's where I like these little mind tricks we play. Like I remember that game. That's the game I have on VHS and like, it would have been so, so much better it. if what it was game it? seven, it would have been so much better. You played on the VCR team. I have so <laughs> many Browns games from the eighties and nineties on VHS. Is there a VCR currently in your house right now? Yeah, of course there is. What are you talking about? How do you watch movies? <laughs> That's amazing. But as far as your favorite at the game moment, I'm shocked. I thought for sure I had you pegged. I thought it was definitely going to be the Sugar Bowl, where the inevitable national championship UCF Knights took down uh, your Auburn Tigers. That That's not your favorite moment of all time? That's my favorite game I've been to with you, Dean. Yes. Um, <laughs> definitely my, you know, my second favorite game was the, the Cam Newton championship when Auburn beat Oregon. I was at that game um, in Arizona, Glendale. Uh, my wife and I went out there. And I also went that year to the SEC championship game. That that, that Cam Newton year in Auburn was amazing. You're a, you were, a, I think you were, maybe you still are a season ticket holder? Um, never been a season ticket holder because like, it's just, if you know people here, it's pretty easy to get tickets. Everything other than, I mean, it's hard to get like Iron Bowl tickets, but yeah, um, I usually go to four or five games a year. And then, but the older I get, the more I kind of, want to just go tailgate and then come home and sit in the air conditioning and watch it. <laughs> you, go, you go to the tailgate when the game starts, you leave? That's a great move. It really is, yeah. I mean, that's more often than not, that's what I do. Especially if, if it's like a daytime in September game. Like, I, I'm too old for this nonsense. What are we growing up uh, uh, at the tailgate? What's the go-to? Um, so I'm very much in favor of letting everyone else do the work. I'm the show up and whatever we have, we have guy. Yeah. And then I eat what I, what I feel like I need to eat when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if you're not cooking, you really can't complain, I suppose. That's kind of, I mean, works. no, you can, but um, you shouldn't. It, it might be frowned upon. It's it's not people are, people know that I'm going to complain about the food. Uh, more, some more uh, name association, Nick Saban. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's kind of what I was expecting. Does that's just Alabama across the board? I, I mean, the the Alabama Auburn thing is so crazy, and, and I really like you. Really do have to grow to hate those people. Um, but in all you know sincerity, like that guy is amazing, and like even being the arch enemy, like I fully respect how great a coach he is. Um, it's, it's remarkable. Well, Cam's uh, playing for new England this year. It's uh, presumably he's, uh, That's gonna are, be are you, are you bullish? Are you excited about this? I am. I don't know if I'm bullish, but I'm wildly interested. Like I'm definitely going to be tuning in. I feel like there's a wide range of outcomes. I can see him being like a top seven quarterback. And I, I can see him be like an, just a broken down, like old 30 and just yeah, and like I, bad skill players too. And like, it's hard to tell with a guy like that. Is he just, is it all gone? Like physically, like did he just get beat up or is it, maybe he has another year in him. And if he does, I mean, I, it would be awesome to see what, what they could do. But then you got to root for New England. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, well, Bill, Bill Belichick, first job was coaching the Browns, his first head coaching job. So I have always and will always be a Belichick fan. Yeah, and he failed I have a there, card I guess, right, right over there that's signed two Dave Paws from Bill Belichick. Prize really? Yeah. Was that like through the mail or something, or you actually yeah. met him? At oh, yeah. No, I used to – I have like hundreds of autograph cards that you I would just mail in. That, that's a thing. I don't what know, else I don't, do you have? Oh, staff? I have so much, uh, so much Brown stuff. I mean, I have every item of Brown's memorabilia you could ever think of. But What about the Cavs? Were, were you excited when the Cavs won the title? Did you care about basketball? Yes. Um, so – basketball is like my least favorite of the major sports. So the Cavs are my least favorite of the Cleveland teams. So, I mean, it was like the Browns would be their own thing. You know, the Indians, you know, me and Tony went to a world series game, the Indians Cubs year, like an Indians world series would be huge. Um, The Cavs like it's fantastic. I'm so glad Cleveland won, but because it's basketball, like it didn't have the same impact for me. Um, I just don't care that much about NBA. Were you at the, uh, I was going to call it the Rajay Davis game. I guess it's not the Rajay Davis game, but like that was so awesome when he hit the homer and there was like 10, 10 or something like that. And it went extra innings. It was game seven. And I was watching this the other day. Strangely enough, I ran into it on YouTube and I'm like, oh, this is VHS. Like, all this stuff happened. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah you, you still have it on VHS somewhere. <laughs> no, we were at, uh, we were at game two. So early on. I don't remember that, that week. Two. So that was the year um, the Cavs got the ring celebration and raised the flag one night. And the next night was game two, like game one of the world series in Cleveland and the Cavs celebration was the same night. So that was like, that was the time to be in Cleveland. How many parks have you been to and what's your favorite park? Um, you know, that's like this common question. And I don't really have a favorite park. Like they're all kind of pretty great nowadays. Um, so it's more like, what do I recall from the experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm biased towards Cleveland just because I like it. I like the new Braves Park. Those kind of those are kind of my go tos. But um, uh, Camden was pretty pretty fun. I like. I would. It I still holds to, up, right? It's still just, super yeah. impressive for being. Like, like I don't really like. I prefer like something that feels just slightly older. Like I don't need like Wrigley old, but <laughs> like you know, the brand new ones are almost too brand new. Um, you, you want it to be lived in a little bit first. Yeah. But uh, I mean, really, I don't, I don't care really. Like they're all pretty good. <laughs> the Atlanta one, I went to Atlanta, was it last year, a year or two ago, whatever it was like time is a flat circle. I don't remember when things happened, but uh, I just remembered, like you said, it felt really new, 
And um, it's they had all these different things to do besides watch baseball. <laughs> it was yeah, just an interesting idea. Like here's here's a zip line if you don't like baseball, and here's the and I get why they're doing that. Obviously, the other right. part is I noticed a ton of advertisements, like which I get also, but more so than any other ballpark. Everywhere you look, it's uh you know I guess Coke was there's everything. It just there's advertisements everywhere in that, in that ballpark. There there are advertisements, yeah, and like. I think it's worse than Atlanta because like Coke is headquartered in Atlanta and Chick-fil-A is headquartered there and like Home Depot. There's like these companies uh-huh. that are like, they pretty much own Atlanta and their stuff is just everywhere, but at least it's Coke, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so- not like Huggies. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And I watched the, the freeze was pretty cool. Watching the freeze in the outfield. That, that's great. Like, Almost every team's kind of random seventh inning thing is pretty cool these days. Like, you know, I love the, you know, the, all the rate, like the hot dog race in Milwaukee and the president's race, like uh-huh. all those little things are funny. The freeze in Atlanta is this, <laughs> this dude who races someone, um, you know, he gives them like a half a field head start and then burns around. It's, it's great. Uh, word association, jabroni. Um, Chris Tillman. Um, I, uh, yes, I, I love that word so much. It's so glorious. That's just one of those things. Like once I heard that word, I was like, where have I been my whole life? Like, how did other people know this word for five years and no one ever said it around me? Like, how did I not know this? I remember when you discovered it and you started writing it in your article all the time. Do you know the origin of jabroni? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I've done all kinds of research now, but yeah, at the time, like, I, I didn't know what it was and it showed up in a comment one day and the next day I was like, that word is amazing. What does that, what does that mean? And so, yeah, it was probably in the article every day for two months and I don't feel bad about it at all. Yeah. Apparently the, the rock popularized it, you know, it's a spinoff yeah. of the word uh, jobber, which is a term in wrestling, basically a guy that's going out there to lose. Uh, yeah. Is- and, um, and, you know, speaking of the rock, he's, you know, one of my new all time favorite people who absolutely is going to be president of the United States one day and should be. Definitely, you think so? I mean, absolutely, I mean, for sure. If I can give you like five to one odds on that, like right now, you, you would wager on it or 10. To, I don't know what the odds would be. And I know he's kind of sort of floated it out there and people sort of like, you know, uh, that's been teased or maybe people have asked him about it. But you think this is like a legit thing he's going to pursue? In my mind, yes. I don't know how much of it is just this made up and I think it would be funny and I want it to. I don't even think it would be funny. I think he would be actually fantastic and um, I'm all for it. And in my, in my future, The Rock is president. He just, he seems like a great dude. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. He's, what, he's definitely a great dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't, I, I think he's he not a jabroni. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like The Rock will win. It's funny because The Rock seems like a really, really good dude. And I don't like any of his movies, really. It's just not for me. I don't know. I haven't it's seen a movie where like, that was, like, I'm not a big fan of uh, The Fast and the Furious. That's just not my alley. But, you know, I mean, I get why Jumanji like is pretty amazing. I haven't seen Jumanji. Should I see Jumanji? You, you probably should, yeah. Amazing might be too strong of a word, but you should see it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, and that was a. Re- I, I don't think I even saw the original one with Robin Williams. I just never saw any of the Jumanjis. So, yeah, that uh, that one was a while ago. <laughs> that was I probably have it ago. on VHS somewhere. <laughs> you probably. It's time. It's time to do a, an episode of Hoarders in your house and get rid of the VHSs <laughs> and get rid of the uh, the VCRs. Um, no. But I, I was saw. Yeah, I actually saw you had a Jumanji take on Twitter and. I think it was kind of built into a take that you had. You, you did not like Uncut Gems, if I was reading it correctly. No. And, like, I mean, I know there's been a lot about it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, and I love movies. I love pretty much every movie. It's very hard for me to go to a theater and not love it. 
Um, like I love some pretty bad movies, but that one, I mean, I barely made it. I was just sitting there like, I guess I'll just finish my popcorn, but this is awful. What is happening? I don't even, I don't even understand what the point of that was. Just weird. What are the good Kevin movies Garnett like? was great. Uh, I'm glad Garnett that was he good. Did he was thing. good. Yeah. So was Francesa in like his two scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just I did not care for that movie. Give Give me like the terrible movies you know are terrible but you still love. Well, there, that's the thing that there aren't even any terrible movies. Like I, I, the movies that I love, I'm so sure that they're great. Elizabeth Town. Okay, I don't I love that, that movie. One. I don't. I've never yet met anyone else who likes it. I think it's amazing. Um, like Jude Law or something? Who's in Elizabeth Town? Like, um, no it's uh, it's not Jude Law. Uh, what's his name in real life? I don't know anyone's any of the actors' names in real life. Okay, <laughs> you, you, you'll know him. He's one of those guys. Um, Kirsten Dunst is in it, but the guy is um, tell me his Orlando name. Bloom. Yeah, Bloom. Um, I love romantic comedies from the nineties. Um, and they weren't bad. I mean, they were great. A couple days ago, we watched the American president. That's, that's a top 10 all time. That's good. Movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of those sort of nineties ish rom-coms. I just love like um, Freddie Prince Jr. Movies. So those are the ones that I would say are bad movies, but I love them. Yes. <laughs> Summer catch. Yeah. Like those and you know, <laughs> 10 things I hate about you. Like I, I love those movies and I don't pretend that they're amazing, but I will watch those all day every day any movie with matthew mcconaughey is great um she's all that can't hardly wait i'm still running through like the uh yeah. but, well, what's your favorite matthew mcconaughey movie what, what comes to mind um oh boy we watched one <laughs> um the the names elude me you know um how to lose a guy in 10 oh, days how, yeah how to lose a guy in 10 days there you go um I, I can't think of the, the name of the one we watched two weeks ago because we watched it right after we watched Me, You, and Dupree, which that's the one that stuck in my head. As, with that's Owen Wilson? Movie. Yeah, that, that movie is fantastic. Um, the one with Terry Bradshaw as his dad and Whoa, the girl from one? Sex in the City. Um, uh, I don't do titles very well. Yeah, I remember that one vaguely, but I think it just kind of came and went really, really quickly. But uh, It's pretty oh, good. It's the, you, re- you recommend that one. I recommend everything with Matthew McConaughey. You said American Presidents is the top 10. What's like top oh, five? Yes. Um, so definitely top one is The Dark Knight. Um, and yes. actually that's that's going to be coming up in the next two or three days. My daughter and I have been rocking through superhero movies because she got into She's trying to watch all the Marvel movies because we've got the Disney Plus. So okay. we've been watching those like in a row. Um, and then we did Batman Begins two nights ago. So Dark Knight will be coming up. next. The next time my wife is not watching TV with us is dark night. She does not care for that one. She's not a Christopher Nolan fan. It freaks her out. The the Joker kind of creeps her out. I understand. Um, it's so good. That's one of the best opening scenes in movies. Oh, like it's, just, it's right away. You're in, you're in, you're fully yes. invested. That, that movie, that's definitely by far my favorite movie. And it's one of those, I have like this life moment with like, we were in Colorado visiting my family. My dad and I went to see it at midnight. Wow. So I told my dad, I want to see the movie. And he's like, my dad is old, like ish, old ish. He'll probably watch this. He's like at least 50. Um, but we went and saw it at midnight and, and this uh, theater we used to go to as a kid, the continental. And that was awesome. And the, like that opening scene, like as soon as that, so I was like, I'll probably be tired. Like it's probably silly to go to a movie at midnight. And that like two seconds in the movie, I was like, this is the greatest movie of all time. And I the next day at the airport, I was yeah. like walking around in a daze. Like that is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like, I, I can't wait to get home and go see that movie again. It was crazy how good it was. Let's say hello to your father. Hi, Mr. Cheese. Hello. Uh, uh, I don't know if he goes by Mr. Cheese. He does now. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I made him listen to some. Made him. I offered him the opportunity to listen to some podcast me talking about Korean baseball. So this will probably be better than that. How long did he last? You know. <laughs> oh, he listened to the whole thing. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he caught all the names, but he's a. Yeah, must be a fan of Sung Bum Na at this point. Throw, throw out the, uh, the the trilogy for for uh, for Batman. What's the second best uh, Christopher Nolan movie? You got The Prestige, Memento, uh, in- Inception, Interstellar. Yeah, so I watched Inception yesterday. Oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah, and on it, like I love it, but I'm still not smart enough for that movie. Like I still <laughs> can't quite. I just still quite don't get it. Like I know it's great, but it's it's almost it's still ahead of my time. Like I need a few more years. Um, I would put Memento. Yes. And that's when I, I don't, I can't watch it over and over. Like I watch it every couple of years. Um, the dark Knight I could watch every day and be fine. But uh, Memento just as far as like thinking about the first time you saw it. And then if you see it sporadically, that, that would be the next one for me. Remember Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. 50 first dates. Adam Sandler stole the concept. That <laughs> I'm is very true. angry about this for no particular reason. <laughs> What's That's the best baseball movie? What's that? Best baseball movie. Um, yeah. There's a the correct natural. answer here, just so you know, but so oh. be prepared for. I was going to say the natural. Oh, okay. I mean, sure. I suppose. Yeah. What's I would say. Correct? Well, I like Feel the Dreams, but I think the correct answer is League of Their Own. I think that's a correct answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess I don't think there's a correct answer. Like, what that would probably be the top of the family feud board. Um, and then I, I would go the natural Field of Dreams and then Major League. Some people would say Sandlot, I'm sure. I think Sandlot's a little bit overrated. Don't tell anybody I said that, but. Yeah, that, uh, I'm kind of with you. I have one of the shirts, of course, but I mean, yeah. You like it because it reminds you of your childhood. That's all it is. Right. It reminds you of innocence. You know, it's yeah. not that great when you see as an adult. Uh, we, we can agree on Ex, uh, Ex Machina. Oh my goodness. I love that movie. Yeah, like that could be in my top five of all time. Yeah, why, why does nobody talk about that movie? It's just sort of lost in history, but it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's sort of like, I was like lucky that I caught it in theaters. It was just one of those like one afternoon, I just really wanted to go to a movie and I didn't know what to see. I'd never even heard of it. I was like, what is this movie? I guess I'll see it. And I was just like, I was like me and two other people in the theater and I wasn't <laughs> expecting much. And I loved it. Like I, it was one of those, I sat there in the theater for like 20 minutes afterwards. Just like, that was amazing. Yeah, they just, As- if they played again, I'm just staying. Can you remember the last time where uh, you've been in a theater where somebody applauded at the end? Is that still a thing people do? I, I caught it actually I... happens here a fair amount. We're, oh. we're pretty pretty old fashioned here. And all You're that. in the south. They're polite there. I guess, but it doesn't happen very often where I'm at. But uh, Parasite. I saw Parasite and like half the crowd applauded, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. People are applauding for a, yeah. a movie. I mean, usually I go out of my way to go to movies when there's not too many one there, so there's Smart. usually not. Much. But if it's you know, like the, at the last, I don't know. I remember a couple of recent superhero movies. There was some applauding going on and um, definitely in the, like anytime there's one of those, you know, Star Wars or Avengers type movie there, there's those fans that are going to clap. Do and you I'm cosplay when you're going to see those? What's that? Do you cosplay when you're going to see those movies? Personally, not so much. No, <laughs> it, there's definitely some of it going around, but no, I, I just uh, wear my, wear my t-shirt and my pants. What about the Netflix? What are, what are we watching on Netflix or Hulu or any of that? Anything we're kind of, uh, we can recommend um, to people? I finally got around to season three of Ozark. Which very okay. Good. Um, it was one of those, like, I wanted to watch season three. I watched season one and two and my wife was out of town. So she never saw it. And like, she would like it. So I like, I didn't want to watch it when she was around. Cause we'll want to watch from the beginning at some point. So I had to kinda, yeah, yeah. I had to kind of squeeze it in when I could. 
Um, you know what I just watched last weekend was um, Master of None with Aziz Ansari. I've seen the first season. It's very good. Yeah, it was, that was pretty good. I'd never heard of that. And um, I just, you know, what should I watch? And um, I thought it was great. Enjoyed that. Um, And then I'm just now restarting and I've never actually never watched all the way through in order uh, Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. That's going to be my next with Parks and Rec is the first season's not very good. I don't, I don't know how to recommend that to people when I say, like, look, it's a really, really good show. The first season's not very good. I don't know if you skipped the first season. You know that they changed the cast around yeah. and they kind of figured it out. But do you, when you rewatch it, do you watch season one? Well, so that's what I'm going to do now, just because I've never – I never, ever once watched the thing start to finish. It was kind of like I would just watch it here and there, and it was on. I'd see it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and watch it from the beginning. You're on an, an Aziz Ansari kick, apparently. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that was subconsciously why I started that next. It wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about him being in it. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Favorite character in The Office? Um, that's a, such a hard question, isn't it? Like, I don't feel like there's an answer to that. Um, I mean, I guess I would say there couldn't be the show without Dwight. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd call him my favorite character. I mean, I think Jim's my favorite character. Um, but some of the little, this, everyone's so great. I don't even know what to say. What about non-core four? Yeah. That's, that's what I was wondering. Like, um, probably Stanley. Stanley's great. (laughs) But like Stanley and Kevin are the two that I think of sort of, you know, non-main characters. That, that, that's pretty much my wheelhouse as well, too. I might throw Creed in a conversation, but I don't know if he gets enough reps. Yeah, it's, it's like, like he, he comes in for like two seconds every couple episodes. You're just like, that was amazing. Well, it's quantity versus quality with Creed, right? Yeah, I suppose that's kind of sort of how it works. Um, oh, you wanted you recommended to me, uh, and I haven't done it yet. I, I failed you, and I failed the people on Twitter because I was told that I was told I should watch it. Sell me on watching Friday Night Lights. Oh, you still haven't done Friday Night Lights? No, it's oh, one of them. It just sort goodness. of fell to the cracks. Yeah, se- season one to me is maybe my favorite like TV drama series. Um, and I love the whole high school football thing. Like I went to high school football games, even like before my son was on the team a few years ago. Like I just love that whole atmosphere. So I was sort of into that thing, but like something about the story of that and um the acting is great. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a must watch TV drama for someone like you that watches the kind of stuff you watch. I, I think it's crazy. That you haven't seen that. And please see yeah. it. Don't, don't let us down. It just sort of happens, you know, it wasn't intentional Just sort of, you know, sometimes I have it so on, shows. on DVD actually. That's I'm, that's how much I like it. Not <laughs> even so funny. VHS. Like I used to like, when I, when I go to somebody's house, I used to be able to judge them by looking at the CDs in their wall or I can judge them by looking at the DVDs in their wall. Now I don't know how to judge anybody because they, these aren't displayed anymore. Can I can I borrow your phone? <laughs> see what's in your music folder. <laughs> I don't even know how you know what they watch. Like, like I see your Netflix history. Go to your uh, Netflix queue. I think is what you're supposed to look at. Okay. That's how you're supposed to judge somebody. But that's that's a but pretty even big that. Step. Yeah, I don't know because you kind of put stuff on there. If you see what you watch, like a lot of times you start something and don't finish it because it's not very good. I don't think that's even fair. Yeah, and Netflix sometimes like will say, "Well, you like this, so you must like that." It's like, "Well, you're." Uh, your machine is broken. That does not make any sense. Yeah, there are things that really want you to like that aren't very good. <laughs> Why are you trying to push this on me? You, you were trying to. You were watching Westworld, and that's you know, Dave. But there's very few shows that like once I make the commitment, and say I'm going to watch this. I almost always power through, like watch the whole thing from start to finish. Like that's it. Once I'm in for like a couple episodes, and I watched the very first season of Westworld. I thought it was really well done. It looked excellent. 
I just didn't care. And I'm like, I don't care about this and I'm going to stop watching. Should I go back and start watching season two for Westworld or? or That's actually a good way to put it. Kind of how I feel about it. Like the whole concept is incredible and it was even well done. Like it's smart. It's, I, I love everything about it, except you don't really grab on to like the characters. Like you don't sort of empathize with this certain, you're not rooting for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is something missing in that aspect. Like I, I like it and I'll probably watch it again, but that's not a, I think you just have to see it. And I know Aaron oh. Paul joined the season three and I love Aaron Paul breaking bad, of course. And yeah. uh, I, even then I was like, eh, maybe I'll get around to it. It's kind of sort of on the list, but it's way. Yeah, and like I've watched, I'm not quite done with season three. I've watched the first three or four episodes and I know it's really good, but I don't, I don't just love it. Do you, uh, do you remember when you could not play DFS in Alabama and you used to take your road trips to uh, to Georgia and go to a coffee house all the time? Do you, you miss know, that coffee house? I do. Uh, it's not that much different than like my days as a traveling musician. It's like, I think back on this time, it was only a couple of years ago. And like, what was my life for two years? Pretty much every day I got up and wrote an article that took me like five hours and then drove to another state to enter lineups and then drove back and like did a show like every day for like six months for two years. Like, what was I doing? And yet I kind of in a weird way miss it. Like, yeah, there's some, I I mean, I did kind of enjoy my weird little routine. Do you think the waitresses like said, like, whatever happened? To, remember that guy? That guy, yeah. <laughs> you think they're like, whatever happened to that guy? So I went in, I don't know, a few months ago, um, I was over there. It was probably in like January, February. And I mean, they still remembered me. Um, only, you know, one of the guys was like, hey, Dave. Um, I was like, yeah, he knows who I am. And some of them called me Mr. Potts because they weren't quite sure if I was old or not, you know. Um <laughs> And what I, just like, I feel like I could still go in there and it'd still be like a norm situation. Like, hey, Dave's back. Couldn't you say, give me the usual and then somebody will remember? Um, I actually, I actually switched it up. So, uh, no, I, 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 they had a pretty good variety of interesting drinks. So, now almost anyone there would tell you that I want one of the big cookies. <laughs> yeah, but as far as the drink, I kind of would switch that up. So, uh, I feel like you're kind of like a, like a real world Yelp. Like, you know, the, you know, when you, you yelp, yeah. you, you see the best restaurants in a certain area. And I actually used you once for that. And I, I think I was in Atlanta and I was like, Hey, what, what should we get in Atlanta? And you gave me this recommendation. If I just fire a city at you, can you tell me like the best place to eat? Like Athens, Georgia. Well, so a couple problems with that sort of, yes. Although a lot of them are probably out of business now. Oh, okay. So, cause it was so long ago. Um, and as far as it would be, I would be better at telling you, what coffee house to go to or where to find the movie theater. Yeah. Or when there used to be bookstores, I could tell you where the Barnes and Noble was. Um, <laughs> but when I was traveling, I had no money. So I couldn't really eat at good restaurants. Like I could maybe tell you where the Chili's was if I was had, had a real good show. Um, <laughs> so but I could probably to a lot of cities, I could probably point you to a good pizza place. Um, but yeah, most of the places I remember probably don't exist anymore, which is a problem. There's there's one city I think you can help me out with. Uh, if I so happen to land in Carbondale, Missouri, Illinois. is there any place? Is there anything any place that's you recommend an, for me? That's in Illinois. <laughs> oh, well, Illinois, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah, so where where our friend Eric Crane lives, um, w- one of the greatest barbecue places in the world. Uh, with rib, that go get ribs. Like, go. To, you should drive to Carbondale. 
It's actually Murfreesboro right next to Carbondale, just to get ribs. And there's also a pizza place. There's a couple pizza places there, but I, I am a fan of Quattro's um, in Carbondale. Um, I used to play gigs there quite a bit, and there's like a radio station there that I used to do, uh, like whatever you call live on air shows for the the local station. And I would stay with the DJ there, and he would take me to all these places all over town. So I feel like I know how to eat in Carbondale, and I do, um, and I recommend it. I think baseball has some of the best names, just just great baseball names. Uh, is there any sort of names that kind of? I'll, I'll throw a few your way, like. Mickey Morandini, Casey Candell, Coco Crisp, Razor, Razor Shines, Boof, Bonzer. And you have a good time with this, of course, in your articles as well, too. Like, what, do you, what's, like, your favorite baseball name? Do you have a couple, like, on Layaway? Um, I mean, I, I would have definitely said Coco Crisp. Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty classic. Um, I always, you know, olden times, I was like Boog Powell. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like Mookie doesn't get appreciated um, when it was Mookie Wilson, I feel like we realized that Mookie was an awesome name. But now, because Mookie Betts is so good, I don't, I don't feel like we stop and think about what a great name Mookie is. Um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those, I know it when I hear it at the moment when I'm writing an article, a name will strike me that has never struck me as interesting before. Um, I try to change it up. I don't really have a usual favorite name. Before the show, I Googled like best baseball names, and I ended up on a site called Ranker. And Dave, there are some phenomenal, phenomenal names. I will share them with you. Please do. I mean, some, and we might have to use the censor on some of these. <laughs> Rusty Koontz is number one. No surprise there. Uh, first base uh, coach these days. Uh, Johnny Dickshot. Who can forget Johnny Dickshot? He was a left fielder back in the day. Uh, Dick Pole. I like I know what kind of list this is already. But. <laughs> Cannonball, Ditcomb. <laughs> like, who are these guys? Jack Glasscock. <laughs> but uh, there's a guy named Bud Weiser. Bud uh, Weiser. I actually... I, I never knew who that was, but I've seen him on lists. Like, how do we not hear more about that name? Oil Can Boyd. I don't know if he, like, I realize that's a nickname, but I like that name. Yeah, he was the next one on the list. I'm just kind oh. of working my way down. Little Stoner. There's somebody named Little Stoner. <laughs> I don't know how this. Buttercup Dickerson. But there you go. Uh, I don't know who voted on this, but uh, I, Catfish Hunter. That's a real name. There you go. Yeah, and actually someone good. <laughs> I don't, I want to end on a high note, but I don't know why we ended on that, but that's, that's kind of sort of where, where we're at. I've kept you long enough for sure. Oh, you know, there's one thing I do want to point out, uh, your wife's, what your wife is doing and, uh, yes, Jeff L. Hefe, what, what he, what he did for her as well. This is amazing. Uh, tell me what that was as far as it is it a charity she's working with or her own personal charity. Yeah, absolutely. So she started an organization called Redeeming Grace, um, that, well, she, she spent a bunch of years working in rehabs, um, and would see people go through rehab and then sort of relapse once they got back into the real world and didn't have any support and wasn't able to get a job. So she is starting a, um, a home for women. That's going to be a kind of a next step after rehab or for women coming out of prison where she's going to help them with job skills, training, um, classes on things like budgeting and parenting and basically get them. Once you get through rehab, get them to where they can actually sustain a livable wage job and, you know, make connections to society. So it's kind of, you know, second way house is not the word, but that's sort of um, what it is, a next step for uh, women. And she's opening a, a house. Um, it'll be late this year, early next year. We have the house now. Um, but so we've been obviously taking donations for a while. And yeah, Jeff, uh, El Jefe, most of you know, he donated, um, 
don't know what percentage it was, but $15,000 from the live finals he was at to the, to the ministry. It was just amazing out of nowhere. We weren't expecting it. Um, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, I kind of, I woke her up. I was like, you need to go, go on, just go on the computer and look around. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that was, that was awesome. It's several DFS people have donated, which has been awesome. But like, I kind of always say it's kind of a weird life that like, I'm just sitting around writing about baseball and like my wife is actually making the world a better place. It's, She's changing it's lives. Good. You're changing yeah. lives too in your own way. That is, yeah. that's, I, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to get in. Jeez. Uh, I, uh, top five comedians. You always write about Stephen Wright. Oh, uh, you love, always write about, yeah. Mitch Hedberg, I think is one of your guys. Stand up comedy is, it makes the world go around. Um, I would probably put Hedberg first. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard, but I, I, I love him so much. Stephen Wright. Of course I love Seinfeld. Um, like I, I, I kind of started liking comedy a little late. So kind of the classics, I don't really love. I would put, say Carlin is my favorite of sort of the older classic comedians. Best. Um, so I'd put him on my list. Um, and then there's a lot of kind of newer up and coming people that I really like. I would put Nate Bargatze as fifth on my list. Who's say that again? Nate Bargatze. I don't think I'm aware of this person. Are they in a, they have a Netflix special or they're on YouTube? Yeah, or he does. Um, he's got a, yeah. You, you look him up. Um, it's, it's kind of that. Um, I don't know. Do you know, it's kind of in the Mike Birbiglia vein of storytelling. Okay. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, I, I would put him on the list. All right. So I got to watch and, his uh, special. Uh, oh. But that leaves Dimitri Martinoff. I don't know. I could see you really like in the major market. He's got that dry sort of like, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like. So <laughs> yeah. Dimitri Martin's got some fun. He's got the visuals, right? Dimitri Martin. Yeah. And then when he does like the music stuff, you know, uh, it, he's great. He's an interesting character for sure. Uh, Dave, uh, the number six NHL player in the world, the, the number 11 esports player in the world for real <laughs> which proves to you that there are only six good hockey players and 10 good esports players <laughs> what are you what are you grinding this week you're gonna go after that millionaire maker in, uh, in pga uh, um i'll do like three or four entries again totally as a goof i do not even think that i have any idea what's going on i i'm much more into esports right now which is a dumb thing to say out loud and i can't believe i'm saying <laughs> it but i really am <laughs> Is, is there any chance I can get you to come on before baseball season starts and talk, you know, as we get more and more information and, uh, you know, do a little preview of some sort? Yeah, maybe like the week before, once we kind of will have an idea of what the rosters are going to look like and have some more info on like, you know, what they're planning to do with the pitching staff. So I would love to do that. I much appreciate your time, Dave. Uh, tell the people your socials that they want to, well, you're, you're going to be a future future on Cameo. We're going to make that happen. We're definitely going to get you on uh, the Cameo.com, which we're, we yeah. just learned of about an hour the, and a half ago. I will be on DFS Cameo. Like if you need me to give your friend a shout out for, for not something goofy, like, hey, it's my birthday, but like this guy loves Thursdays or, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I would definitely do that. You have like 150 characters to tell the person, basically, this is what I'd like you to do if you can make it work. That's essentially how, uh, yeah, so they can't tell you too many details for what it's worth. And you just got to make it uh, make it your own, I suppose. But uh, if, if they want to hit you up on Twitter, what is it? That Dave Potts 2? Dave is Potts 2. There's another one? I don't actually know if there is. I just know at the time I made a Twitter when I didn't even know what Twitter was. It wouldn't let me do Dave Potts 1 or Dave Potts. I was like, Dave Potts, that's my name. And that, that was the one. Why don't we recommend Dave Potts 2? I was like, let's do that. <laughs> the sequel was always better than the original. Uh, have you since figured out what TweetDeck is? I know you were tweeting about that. Oh my do you know goodness. what TweetDeck is now? <laughs> I mean, know what it is, sure. It's on my laptop, 
I don't know what to do with it. Like to me, it's more confusing than just Twitter. Like when I want something, like I just search for what I want on Twitter. Like I don't just scroll Twitter looking for stuff. I'm like, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. Let me just search this. Like I get why TweetDeck is great. I think, I think I'm just not smart enough for it. Kind of like Inception, the movie, like maybe one year I'll be like, I understand that movie and I get TweetDeck, but I'm not there yet. TweetDeck is the spinning top or something. There's some sort of correlation to that, but yeah. uh, I, you're missing out. So you got to get a tutorial or something like that. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Maybe, maybe one of these people that needs me to do an on cami will trade me for a tutorial on tweet. <laughs> Dave, I, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, and you, one of the nicest guys in the industry, super, super humble. You'd never know you're like the greatest baseball DFS player of all time. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people uh, before we step aside and get out of here? Thanks for having me, Dean. Um, if, if anyone actually listened to this whole thing, thank you for listening. And um, I'm sorry it's over then, I guess, if you're still here. I can't, I can't imagine anyone's still here like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> but uh, I, I love doing this. I'm thrilled to be in the space. And um, I hope you enjoy the, the stuff we do. I'm thrilled to have you. And I, I apologize for keeping you long. I yammer uh, a bit much, I suppose. But and there's a lot I had to ask. There's a lot I wanted to know. The people want to know as well, for sure. Uh, with that, he is Cheese is Good, Dave Potts. I was Dean. Thanks for us in the morning grind. Enjoy the rest of your day. We're out of here. Holler. Holler.